0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter. This is series two, episode 12. And this is all about 80s music. So hello Rebecca.
1: Hi, Dad. You're all right. I'm good, thank you. I believe you on episode 12 already.
0: Yeah, I know. And this week you had Big Country,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Alarm, mm-hmm. Joe Boxers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: The Lotus Eaters. Yeah. Orange Juice, and a Strawberry Switchblade.
1: Yeah. So
0: how did you find this week as we well and truly move into 1983 and onwards?
1: I was expecting, well, the more we get into the 80s, I'm expecting more. I don't know what I'm expecting, but there's more rock, Dad. I've never listened to so much rock in my life. I'm pretty sure if we were doing this on the music of nowadays we wouldn't really hit rock because they didn't get in the chance, And I'm just like, what were you 80s people doing? There's so much rock. And I was, when I was listening and like, you'll find out what I thought when I first started listening. But
0: when I realised
1: that there was rock, I was like, for goodness sake. And then talking to you and I spoke to dad in the week and you have found, you've like reconnected with big country. And I'm like. I have, I've gone out and bought an, a
0: CD because I haven't got a big country haven't got any of their music. And I'll be honest, I haven't really, I mean, I know some of their, their big hits, so yeah. I knew I knew of them, obviously. And I do like them, but I've never, like I have for this, I've actually gone and listened to some sort. You know, when I've worked, when I've looked at, I suppose it's based on where they've come in the charts. And I've gone, cool, they've done well. So I've then listened to it and thought, oh, that's good. And then I've listened to something else. And oh, so, yeah, I went out and ordered the big country greatest hits or whatever essential big country it was called so it's got it's like three cds of all their hits my
1: god i mean they had a lot but enough for three cds yeah that's mad that isn't
0: it yeah so obviously there's a lot that on there that's mixes and um, oh
1: yeah yeah
0: uh non released i suppose or album you know album singles but there's a lot on there that is on here well all the ones on here I think is on on that album so but no really good
1: Mm. yeah I was just disappointed about being rock but yeah Yeah. we move I got through it we're here (laughs) okay so how many number ones I went for none I don't think there's any Okay. but now you're saying about big country I like, oh, don't know, but I just I don't feel like anywhere big enough to be a number one.
0: And you're right, there was no number ones. Oh, okay. In fact, you haven't listened to any real big hits. When you when we find out that you you've got very few top ten hits this week. Oh.
1: I mean, I'm not shocked because, like I say, I don't think any of them were like massive. But I'm, I think I'm surprised about the num, the top 10s because usually there's a few, you know, because they're in the hits. So these are low charters. then. Seven top
0: 10s was all you listen to in the whole of those whole six group. groups.
1: Wow. That's different, isn't it? Yes. OK, I'm intrigued. I'll find out where they actually place.
0: Yeah. So let's talk Music yes let's do it let's start with big country so what did you think of them how did you did you watch any videos you know what what was your assessment of big country
1: so they they're not electronic I and I'm like the more I listened through the week I think these are now more rock but the first few songs I was like oh sound a bit country and I thought because their name's big country I thought maybe they're country and then I heard some more rocky songs and thought country rock country pop you know like that sort of genre if they're not I quit if they're nothing to do with country I quit because I swear I'm like I say country quite often and it's never country and I was quite surprised that you like them to be honest they like to match the outfits which I like I like when they do that they're not like all scattered all over the place um I couldn't place where they were from and I don't want to offend anyone but they look foreign like they don't look British and I don't know what I mean by that but yeah um and their videos they were just quite a lot of live performances so I want to say well they're not early 80s but because of where we are now but yeah they're few live ones, the ones that I watched anyway. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of songs that I listened to. So that I was listening to these for quite a while. That's a good thing. Yeah. They've got a nice mix of sound in there. Like when it was more rocky, like if you just took away the more rock songs, they'd be like perfect. And I'll let you know when you go through the songs which ones. I'd be like, yeah, take that break take it away um, and as I've listened to them more I have liked their songs a bit more and I feel like they're a sing-along group where if I, if I listened more and more they'd be more up my street because I'd get to know the lyrics and you know there's no like meaning behind it they're just you know they're just songs and yeah it's just the way they sound sometimes doesn't hit right with me.
0: Okay well big country were Stuart Adamson, vocals, guitar, keyboards, Bruce Watson, guitar, and mandolin.
1: What's a mandolin? I think
0: it's... I think it's a string instrument. Yeah. But, I've heard of one, but I don't know what one I is. It's, you know, like a banjo. Like this. I think okay. I might be completely wrong, but I think it's like, you know, different from, but it's a string instrument away from the guitar, like, as I say, like a banjo and, and what have you. Um, Alan Wishart was on bass until 82 and Tony Butler took over and then Clive Park was on drums until 1982 and was replaced with Mark Bozicki on drums. And Pete Wishart, so the brother of Alan, he was on keyboards until 82 and then they, when they both left, as I say, Stuart Adamson done keyboards as well.
1: Okay, there's quite a lot of them um, not in the band, they've but had, like, there's quite a lot of instruments. To,
0: they had so. they form the, the original lineup, but then it's evolved to mm. what was the, the known lineup known for Big Country.
1: Mm. They've got quite a lot of instruments, though.
0: So, yeah, so Stuart Adamson formed the band after leaving Skids, oh. which obviously we've come across before yeah. because um, that is where Ultravox was born for Man Visage mm-hmm. it was from Skids because Rusty Egan was a drummer in Skids. Yeah. And Madure was also started out in Skids. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. so Rusty Egan went on to do Visage. Madure obviously went to Visage for a bit as well. And then Madure went to Ultravox, which, funny enough, is where Mark Brzecki comes from. He was originally with Ultravox before joining Big Country.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I like about the 80s, they all kind of just jump from one to another. You get a lot Absolutely. of super groups and all of that malarkey, don't you?
0: Yeah. So after being an initial five-musician lineup, the group settled on becoming a four-piece with, as I say, Mark Bozeki joining on drums and Clive, uh, uh, sorry, and Tony Butler joining on bass when the two um, mm-hmm. Wishart brothers left. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were formed in 1981, okay, in Dunfermline, Scotland. So I suppose you could say they are foreign in a sense,
1: but they're not. I don't know what a <laughs> for. I don't know. I was just like you don't. I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone. Let's just glide over that and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so they are over the border, not <laughs> over the border, but no, Scotland. Um, they are a new wave alternative rock group band and um, alternative rock as in folk rock celtic rock
1: okay so i guess the folk could be a bit of what i'm hearing in the country part of it they're similar aren't they they are okay because like some of them weren't like full-on rock songs they did have some sort of I guess the folk now, you've said that element
0: in yeah. it. OK, so I suppose it's a bit like Dixie's Midnight Runners. They were very Celtic.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: With violins and you could almost say folk in there as well. So they were. Mm. But whereas Dixie's Midnight Runners were more towards the pop Celtic.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I thought. I also put pop down. These
0: were more rock.
1: Yeah. Oh no, these were more rock. Deck. Well, I did put pop oh, down
0: for these. Yeah, they
1: are. I did I mean, get a, a poppy.
0: As I say, they have got the new wave, but they're also known as alternative rock.
1: Okay. At least they're not like some hard rock. No, true. no,
0: no, definitely not.
1: But that's also why I get surprised that you like them because they're rock, and we both have that middle ground of not.
0: Like yeah, them. I wouldn't say they. I mean,
1: Queen, Queen of rock. Yeah, I was going to say it's not they're, like
0: they're not. You know. Yeah. Like some of the rock you've had especially Mm. the heavy metal
1: god let's not relive that
0: (laughs) so big country were involved in band-aid oh okay and were even one of a small handful of acts who contributed a spoken message on the b side of do they know it's christmas i've never heard that no I, i never i was one of the few people who never actually bought the single oh really yeah i didn't buy that single um mm,
1: but i take it it was like a message as to why they were doing it and but yeah i, I, I wasn't saying but good i'm sure
0: um, i'm sure it's you're able to f- to find it online i'm sure somewhere oh, but yeah lovely. um but there was only a handful of acts who evidently were on the b-sides doing you know contributing to this message and country yeah. one one of those mm, that's
1: something so to shout there. about but maybe? that's
0: probably because of their they would have had a obviously they would have had a big um uh, they would know they because of obviously through mark poseki ultravox they would have known Major.
1: yeah yes they had them um, connections yeah to get in on it kind of thing even though they weren't like a big group and also
0: stuart adamson would have been with him in skids yeah exactly so in 1984 their second album Still Town went straight into number 1. Oh, okay.
1: So they got a number 1 album.
0: Yeah, following the success of their first album The Crossing which had reached number 3 in
1: 1983.
0: Oh. So they literally had nothing to do with that an album. Good. Got to number 3 the second album just on pre-orders and what have you went straight in at number 1. Wow. That's I always how find it weird. Were
1: when you're like going, oh no, number ones, but then all the albums hit really big because it's like like how? But I guess people would have heard it on the radio and been like, oh I don't want to just buy a single. I want a no, I think album in the to 80s listen to.
0: It was because you've got to remember you you didn't have you know, people were used by the time of the, the mid eighties, which we're coming into, hmm. people were listening to music on the go, but they were listening to it on the go on a tape recorder.
1: Yeah, but that's what I so mean. People don't want to buy a single, a single on a tape it.
0: recorder. Mm. So people were then moving into albums more. Which yeah, is, I suppose which is what bore the the CD because the CD was because of the that probably was through the um, the success of albums. Mm. It was easy, obviously better oh to God. have an, an album on a CD yeah. than it would have ever been a, C, a single. It, yeah. the, the cost of doing a single on the CD would have been too much.
1: Mm. I can say I have only ever owned one single in my life. That was Girls Allowed.
0: What was that one? CD. What what, um CD? A CD single.
1: Yeah. Had oh yeah they did yeah
0: actually they did because obviously later on the costs would have come down and yeah we've had more CD Yeah, it had
1: three songs on it, so it had their single that you would have heard, and then two that were unheard but released ah, with that yeah. so i guess like you had the a side and then the b side yeah but yeah that's the only one i ever bought so, yeah. well your mum bought it
0: so whilst their third studio album the seer reached number two in 1986 mm. their um their fourth studio album wasn't seen as successful
1: oh okay so that's where they started going downhill then i guess
0: it's still got inside the top 10 at number nine but then i guess they've got their following haven't
1: they they've got their following by that time so well, if you're a fan your first
0: three albums all in the
1: top what five top three well top three yeah but they've got their that the fan base haven't they so like you you know you buy every album of bands you like you know i listen to every album of people i like i don't buy it because downloads as we always say um but yeah so i guess their fans would have been the ones buying it and it wouldn't have got to the top because maybe they're not fans but the people that were just kind of uh, following uh, them uh, yeah yeah just didn't
0: and that's what i'm saying while their third album did do well at number two getting you know got to number Mm. two obviously a lot of people felt it wasn't As good as their first two albums and probably didn't go out and buy the fourth, as you say, it would have just been there. But still, number. you also get
1: the hints of it because they release singles still. So you're hearing them in the radio and on TV and and then you're like, do I like them? How did their songs back later
0: on in the 80s do compared to their earlier ones? Yeah, Um, They did have a Greatest Hits album release in 1990. So then you think they formed in 1981. Their, their big um, peak was, I suppose, 83, 84. Yeah. Um, their greatest album, even though now we're in the next decade, uh, that still reached number two.
1: Oh, wow. It's weird because, yeah, you're in the next decade, but it's 1990. So it's not like it was major years ago. Like So it's crazy that people have been like, oh, yeah, I want to relive a bit of that, when they probably still had all the albums anyway yeah and going back on the album,
0: so the seer, which um reached number two as I say in nineteen eighty six mm. it was number two kept off of number one by Madonna's true blue
1: oh, okay which
0: was a big album it was oh, in, right, okay time so so you know it's getting to number two is literally like getting to number one because the person who kept them off was a massive artist back then. yeah it's hard to sell you you know she was madonna was up there with michael jackson i suppose as far as males well so. yeah she so
1: wasn't she the princess she, of pop
0: yeah so yeah. um bring it bring out an, an album i suppose it's like adele it's going
1: yeah exactly to it's gonna go straight so mm. the
0: fact that they come number two to two true blue
1: yeah
0: um as so everyone it, else that's the number achievement? one achievement
1: Mm. Yeah. For everyone else yeah, that's the number one spot that. Because you know you're yeah. not going to beat Madonna So you may yeah. as well aim yeah. for number two anyway. Best of the rest exactly.
0: And um, saying best of the rest These were the other ones that were in the top ten At that time Eurythmics okay. Genesis yeah. Queen Ooh. The House Martins mm. Simply Red and Dire Straits All had up, okay. out And were all beat Or all got well Below Big Country Big country. Now it could be that they were, they'd already been in the top or top two and were on the way down, or it could be they were on their way up and they might someone might would actually knock Madonna off yeah. one of those. But when I looked at the chart, that's they that were the Madonna and those were below her.
1: Okay. Interesting. Because you've got someone like Queen on there as well, you'd expect Queen to shoot up. Yeah. Even like Eurythmics, you said they were quite big with their albums. You'd expect them to shoot up, but these were better.
0: Yeah, um, Still Town actually knocked U two off the top of the album chart. Which one was that? What the U two album?
1: No, Still Town.
0: Still Town was the one that went straight into number one. Right, second, okay, so that's the second second album. Okay. So um, on a on a sad note, Stuart Adamson, the lead singer, the founder of Big Country. He committed suicide by hanging himself in November 2001 um, in Hawaii uh, following his estranged wife filing for divorce and was also due to face um, a drink drive charge in the March of um, 2002. So the following year, beginning of the next year. So, um, yeah, he... um, I suppose that's again that that when when everything's on you and you're depressed Mm. and that and that that time and it sort of reminds me of um, the lead singer of Joy Division because it was his breakup with his girlfriend and that that got pushed him over the edge pushed him over and obviously his Mm. although they were estranged I suppose once you had that letter to say. It's finalised, isn't it? It's, it's sort of, you know, and as I say, and I suppose it didn't help, but he was obviously drink drive, drink or drinking heavily. There was something going um, on deeper. Went driving, got got found, you know, mm. got, got pulled over, got charged and was about, and obviously had that above him as well that was happening the next year as well. Mm. Um, he was already attending Alcoholic Anonymous. Oh, so it was
1: bad death. then. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I just find it mad how many people we talk about in the 80s I mean obviously they don't commit in the 80s not all of them do but how further on in their careers there's still not help like there is today I just find it baffling how different it was
0: well it's, you know we're talking what 40 odd years ago
1: yeah it's just I don't know I think it's because as an adult I've been in the, it's still not great now but I've not been around that
0: yeah so, Big Country had four top 10 singles.
1: Okay, so it's had four out of seven. Top 10 albums, as we've already spoken. Already said, yeah. Okay, oh, I'm going to, it's going to be early ones that are in the top 10, I'm going to say, because of how the albums went. Okay, well, we'll go through it and you can tell me
0: what you thought of the songs as, um, as we mm-hmm. do it. So, 1983, yeah. Fields of Fire, 400 Miles, that got to number 10.
1: Okay, that one was catchy. I liked that one. Um, they were a bit shouty in it, and I was a bit worried of how the rest would go. But that one was a good start. I liked it. Nineteen eighty
0: three in a big country. Funnily enough, Mm. words of their their um (laughs) their group name. Uh, that got to number seventeen.
1: Okay, that one was just sing along. I liked how the more I listened, that one like at first I was like "Mm, not feeling it, but the more I listened to it, the more I got into it. Then we had
0: 1983 and Chance. That got to number nine.
1: Okay, yeah, that one was tapping. Got me tapping along. It was slower than the other two, so it was a little bit of a change, but I still hadn't heard any rock yet.
0: 1984, we had Wonderland, and that got to number eight.
1: Ooh. Mm. That not a bad one, but that's where I was like, we've gone a bit rock. But it weren't like a bad rock. It weren't like a, it was just... A subtle amount.
0: Okay, 84 still, East of Eden, number 17.
1: Okay, oh, they're very up and down, aren't they? Um, This one was simple. Simple. This is one where I'd be like, take this away.
0: Okay, well, we move on then to 1984 still, Where the
1: Rose is Sewn, number 29. Mm, I agree with that. This one, like, the instrumental puts me off. It was just a bit in your face.
0: We're going on to 1985 now, just a shadow, number
1: 26. Oh, really? I like that one. It was a catchy chorus. It was slow, but I enjoyed the chorus. Okay. 1986,
0: Look Away, number seven, their biggest hit.
1: Really? No, that wasn't in the background one for me. Yeah. Well, I do yeah. A little
0: bit of Look Away.
1: Do you? Yeah. No, nah, but it, it didn't have any. For anything pulling me into
0: it, really. I don't think you'd like the eighties. I'm starting to think I'm on a on a hiding for nothing. Their biggest hit, and you don't like it.
1: For me, I don't think I would have liked the eighties. How many people might like that's a banging song? Oh, I love that. Just because I don't like one song that's their biggest hit. Shut up.
0: I've, I've been here before. Um... 1986 still, The Teacher, number
1: 28. It was slow starting and it was calm, but I did like that. Uh, 1986,
0: One Great Thing, number 19.
1: Oh, This was my favourite. Right. Yeah, it had a nice tune, like, I don't know, nice lyrics. It had nice music. That Yeah, I've played that one quite a lot
0: in the car. Yeah. yeah. So a fan of One Great Thing. I oh, am. Yeah. Okay. Um, We had nothing in 1987. Then we go on to 1988,
1: King of Emotion, number 16. I like this one a lot too. This was a close, close favourite. I feel like it was like these ones are more up my street coming. Mm. Yeah.
0: 1989, Peace in Our Time,
1: number 39. Really? Yeah. That one had a nice balance of like being upbeat, but being calm. Uh, The sound of it... And, like, the way they did the music with the vocals was really nice. Like I say, it had that, like, a balance of it. I enjoyed that.
0: Okay. So we're now going into the 1990s. Oh, okay. Um, So Save Me, number 41. Mm, Yeah, too instrumental. 1991, Republican Party
1: Reptile, number 37. Have you listened to the lyrics of this? No. They sing some weird lyrics about apple pie and uh-huh. something else. I can't remember what else, but they had a lyric about apple pie and I was like, what? And I listened to the whole song, there was a few other bits and I was like, okay. And they've gone back to their Rocky, like too rock for me. Ah, uh-huh. 1993, Alone, number 24. Okay, the start of this song, really nice. And then it just got away from me a bit too much and then also
0: 1993 ships where were you number 29
1: that's a beautiful song have you listened to that one recently no that's a beautiful song i really like that one okay
0: good vibes i'm getting for big country I am.
1: You're, 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 oh right but you I, know won't you fit, like their I won't hit. fit in the 80s just just
0: when you like... Just when there's some where... But, I think in past episodes as well where their biggest hit you've not liked.
1: But if I was in the 80s, their biggest hit will still be their biggest hit, but I'll be bringing in the numbers for their ones that are love it well, out. Well, very true. I'll be helping yeah. them out. See, it's not yeah. good to follow the crowd, you know. No, no, I totally agree. That's what I don't do. Which is yeah. why we're
0: talking about them because we've got, as I said, there's no number ones this week. Mm. And there's only... What do I say? Seven,
1: eight, seven, seven, tens. and four of them were the big country. Yeah. So we've only so got yeah. three left.
0: Yeah. So we're moving on to the alarm. Yeah. What do
1: you think of those? I just thought these were rock, just rock, straight up. Their sound doesn't really change that. I feel like they found their sound and what they like and what they can all do. They've stuck with it. There was a couple, you know, like towards the end. That changed a bit, but overall, they've got a you know, straight this is what we are, this is what we do. And the weird thing is, saying that they changed a bit at the end, some of the songs at the end got a bit boring. I think they're a four man group, their hair's a bit weird. And in their video, 68 Guns one, what is that like all about? And two, they look like cowboys that want to be rock people they've got a cowboy like with their frills and whatnot but they want to be rocking out I don't know um they I listened to like one at the beginning one in the middle one at the end so at the beginning they were quite rocky looking then they look quite fresh and then at the end you can tell that they've grown up and they found yeah and they found kind of their middle ground and what they want to look like you know a mix of the rockiness and the freshness and they've got it there, but they had white noise in their last video, which weren't in the actual song. And I was just like, Can you not? This is annoying. Again, there was a lot of songs.
0: Okay, well, the alarm for Mike Peters on four oh, arcs, oh, they're still going. Oh, Mike Peters, vocals, guitars, and harmonica. Dave Sharp on guitar. Eddie McDonald on bass. And Nigel Trist on drums. Okay. Where you didn't say where you said they were from.
1: Oh, I didn't have a clue with these. No. British. So got another foreign,
0: another no, foreign No, I group. think they're British. Oh, are they from? They were formed in 1981 in real Wales. <laughs> so they've had a Scottish group and a Welsh
1: group. Oh, they're foreigners. Yeah. They are a new wave alternative rock. I'm blooming New Wave. I'm just going to write New Wave in every part, you know, (laughs) every part. Like, I will never understand what New Wave is. I feel like I I need a whole lesson. I looked it
0: up, a New Wave, it just said it's a a genre for 80s
1: music, pop and rock.
0: I mean, it literally covers a lot. Everything.
1: Because 80s (laughs) was either pop or rock. You're either a form of pop or you're a form of rock. So do you know what? I'm going to be right every day, every week.
0: Um, Right, if I'm ever unsure, yeah. Um, the alarm were actually born out of the demise of Mike Peters and Nigel Buckles. Listen to that, right? So, as I said, we had Dave Sharp, Eddie McDonald, and Nigel Twist. In alarm with obviously Mike Peters, mm-hmm. so the alarm were born out of the demise of Mike Peters and Nigel Buckles' mm-hmm. former band, The Toilets, who were formed in 1977. <laughs> yeah. um, they went up to 1978, and then they were renamed Cosimodo. So they went from The Toilets to Cosimodo. Yeah, um, with Dave Kitchingman joining. They later then changed their name again to Seventeen. Right. With Mike Peters next door, but one neighbour, Eddie McDonald joining. Okay. So we've now got in this band that's gone from the toilets to Cosimodo that are now seven, called Seventeen. We have Mike Peters, Nigel Buckle, Dave Kitchingman and Eddie McDonald. Now, the the, um, Alarm, which were born out of this, were Mm. Mike Peters, Dave Sharp, Eddie McDonald and Nigel Twist. So... They all changed
1: their identities.
0: Seventeen were a power pop band and they released one single, Don't Let Go, in March 1980. And they even toured with a group that we've mentioned before so, or spoke about, Stray Cats, mm. later that year. So they toured with Stray ah, okay. Cats in, in 1980. Right. Um, by um, January 1981, however, they were known as Alarm Alarm. Right. Uh, They've gone to the Reforming things. as The Alarm.
1: Right, okay. okay. Took them a while, didn't
0: it? With, and here we go, Nigel Buckle changing his name to Twist. Right. And Dave Kitchingman um, changing his surname to Sharp. So it were the same four people, just that Nigel Twist and Nigel, Dave Sharp were called Dave Kitchingman and Nigel Buckle in the earlier. But why did they do that? I don't know.
1: That was so confusing when you were like talking. I was like, there's so many names. It was that confusing when I was sorting
0: it down because I thought, well, when did he leave? And yeah, they didn't. like they're They the just changed a name. But
1: different. And oh yeah. my god. Like there's me like, have they changed their identity? Have they done some crime that they've had to like sort <laughs> themselves out <laughs> with? How's so in
0: 1982, they recorded several demos for um, various record labels. With Peters, Sharp, and McDonald all playing acoustic guitars. Oh, that
1: must sound nice.
0: So eventually they won a recording contract with IRS Records, an American label who were known for working with new wave and alternative rock artists.
1: So everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got some of the artists here we will talk about if we haven't already Fine Young Cannibals mm-hmm. and REM. Who would become their biggest signings? Um, the band also decided that Peters would now be the lead singer, right. with McDonald playing bass. So that's when they changed from guitar to having a bass so, as well. Yeah. But yeah then you more. had you Dave Sharp stayed on guitar and Nigel Twist obviously on drums. Yeah. Whereas Mike Peters and Eddie McDonald were also playing guitars. They went over to bass and just
1: vocals. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they they so they've kind now of simplified artists,
0: it. Much the same as all the other groups we've spoke about up till now, where you've got a drummer, a guitarist, a bass player and a singer. A standard rock
1: group, basically.
0: So player. all we haven't got is a keyboard player, but we're not talking, we're not obviously... They're not the, really. Yeah,
1: slightly. I was going to say they're not We're there. on the
0: rock side, yeah. so you've got your, your four. So the band disbanded in 1991... Okay. before Peters reformed them in 2000. I was going to say,
1: hang on a minute, you said they're still going. Right.
0: So they had a decade break. So between 2011 and 2013, Peters was the vocalist for both. And this is the weirdest. There's two coincidences tonight. And this is the first, which I never knew about when I put these groups all together. It's just based on when they had their first real hit. Right. Fields of Fire for Big Country was 1983. 68 Guns for Alarm was 1983.
1: Yeah. yeah. However,
0: listen to this. In 2019, mm. uh, sorry, in t- 2011 and oh, 2013, oh, right. Mike Peters was the vocalist for both The Alarm and Big Country.
1: I was like, you didn't say him in Big Country, but then...
0: No, because it was it was
1: later, so obviously
0: they haven't recorded that it's just for touring, I suppose. You yeah. Know, like, I suppose it's a bit like um the bloke um oh, I've forgotten his name, who um is with lead singer with Queen now. Oh. oh, I can't think of his name either, but I can it's, him and Queen, isn't it? Yeah, and is how it's um advertised. Uh, yeah. So um, but obviously, because Stuart Adamson is now no longer with us. Big Country obviously are still, I'm not aware of any, I mean, they may well have released albums now, but it's not done anything. But definitely if they've done festivals or tour. And between 2011 and 2013, Mm. the lead singer of The Alarm was the lead singer for Big Country or guest vocalist, I suppose you could say, because Big Country will always be Stuart Adamson.
1: Adam Lambert
0: that's him yes for the queen yes yeah um so
1: yeah
0: and um in 2019 peters was awarded an mbe for services to charity mainly for cancer care because he did have cancer
1: at one stage okay okay So so he's kind of pushed him to help
0: um, and obviously, we've already said about their name changes. Mm. A lot of They've them. They've changed their name since as well. Oh, really? They're now known as Alarm MMV1 or MMVI. Roman I bet Newmels, that's Roman numerals. 2006. Why that year? Because that's when their last, obviously, their last album stroke
1: single was out. Right, so even though they're still together now, they're not releasing any new music, they're just...
0: Not as a lot, or not, certainly not their last one, isn't it? it was released as Alarm MMV1, which meant 2006. Right, okay. Okay, so they've had two top 20 singles
1: right. and
0: one top 10 album.
1: Okay, so not as big. They still no. had a lengthy... Amount. Of oh well, you'll find
0: out. I gave you some more music just because they were one of these bands, I suppose, that done very well, but they were more the indep- they were more like independent,
1: I right, okay. They didn't
0: really make commercial success.
1: Okay, so they had their cult following.
0: One single or two singles, but one big single. So um 1983, 68 guns, number 17.
1: I've already said what even is that song relating to. So that odd. was their
0: biggest hit. Well, I don't
1: like that one either. 1984,
0: Where Were You Hiding When the Storm Broke? Number 22. Too much noise, that one. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually my favourite. 1984, The
1: Chant Has Just Begun. Oh, okay. I like that. It, um, it, it's literally just like a charm. It is all right. It's an all right one, but yeah. It, yeah. It's better than the other the first I mean, two. It,
0: it, it only got to number 48.
1: Oh, okay. So you've added a few. You've done some album yeah. fillers, you have, not you? <laughs> um,
0: 1985, Absolute Beauty. Reality. Reality. Why did I you put not, beauty? You've not, because that's what you put to I've done those. that again. Yeah.
1: Um, number 35. Uh, okay. Catch a chorus. It's really repetitive. I like that one. 1985, Strength. That one calmed down. It was nice because as much as I say they found their tone, they stuck with it, they can obviously change it a bit. You don't just release the same type of songs. So that one was calmer than the rest. It was a nice calm as well.
0: That got to number 40. Oh. 1986, Spirit of 76, number 22. The song was quite
1: quiet. I liked it and it was slow, a bit more of a um, sing along and I don't know, like a, a chill out song when you're just, you know, s- sat or doing something that you just need something on in the background with. Um,
0: 1987, Rain in the Summertime, number 18. So that was their second top 20 hit.
1: Okay, that was more sing along and their video was very literal in that they were in like a, a middle of nowhere and it started raining oh. i was like oh right okay okay 1987
0: rescue me number 48
1: that was repetitive weren't bad
0: weren't a bad repetitive 1986 presence of love
1: number 44 Oh, really? I liked that one. It was like a love song, which was weird to hear in the mix of all the others that we'd had. Um, But it was nice, yeah. Uh,
0: 1989, a New South Wales, number
1: 31. You heard that one? No. Right changer sound. Like, it's soft. It's like a classical, not classical singing, but it it was a, a change.
0: 1990, Love Don't Come Easy, number 48.
1: That was more sing-along. So compared to the soft ones that we just had, it was a nice sing-along one.
0: Now we're into 2004, New Home, New Life,
1: number 45. That was my favourite. Uh uh-huh. There you go. 40. See, now
0: if I'm giving you these other ones, um just to make the
1: up this week but, it um, might have been "Rain in the summertime if you'd just given me in the charts it would have been probably raining yeah. in the summertime but yeah that one was a that it it hit up there with me it's catchy sing along a bit more upbeat less of the rock right my when you think that's maybe. 2004
0: oh, yeah that's, that's right 20 years the after they've done their first mm. just over 20 years from their first ones and then we've got 2006, Super Channel, by Alarm 2006, or MNV. Okay. And right. um,
1: that got to number 24. Well, that went back to, like, the rock side of it. So it was a bit of a change. And it's weird, because obviously when I'm listening, I just assume that they're always just 80s. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, no, fair, gone kind of back and two but now knowing that they've had a probably a little play around in that little section of their sounding and gone back when they've reformed in a sense.
0: Okay, moving on into
1: Joe Boxers. They're not rock but I don't know what they are. I, don't, I couldn't think of a genre for them they've okay. I don't know they've changed it up compared to the other two there they're so much fun more up my street like they put you in a good mood like you can put on any song you've only gave me three but yeah but god knows what what genre they are I literally have no idea they just look like average people you know just off the street they, they look like, I don't know, they also look a bit like pranksters, like, but I think it's because they're just having fun. They just look like they could, within the group, I bet there's some pranksters in there. They all match their outfits, um, and I really like, was it an 80s thing to have braces? Because um, I see them quite a lot. Yeah, what, I quite yeah, like braces. I mean, there was, braces
0: were, yeah, around. Obviously, you had Madness, didn't you? They were known mm. for braces. Yeah. um braces. You had um, well, more dungarees, but, you know, similar thing was with Dex's Midnight Runner. So, yeah, braces were around. You had Cannon and Ball were comedy duo and Walk on Tommy and he had wore braces. Mm. So it was a a thing of the 80s. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, I like braces. I think it just makes a look sometimes go from a bit bland to giving it something. And that's what these had.
0: Okay. so Joe Joe Boxers were Big Buzz Wayne on vocals, Wob Marsh on guitar or march, Chris Bostock on bass, Dave Collard on keyboards, and Sean McCluskey on drums. They were formed in 1982 London in England. Mm
1: -hmm. And they
0: are a new wave pop progressive soul group
1: band. Oh. Okay. That's a different one, isn't it? Progressive Soul. But I didn't get much soul from him. Soul's like deep. These are like just having fun. They make it up. They just fit people whenever they want, I'll tell you.
0: So when Boxer beat their first single, Mm -hmm. entered the charts at number three, the two singles above it were David Bowie's Let's Dance at number one and Duran Duran's Is There Something I Should Know at number two.
1: Oh wow! So when
0: you th- think of those two songs, and then you think of boxer beat, it's uh, very different. <laughs> very different, and mm. um, you quite know, good when, to be up there. It's a bit, a bit like the album of Big Country being mm. against Madonna, Madonna. When you've got two big icons of the music world with Duran Duran and David Bowie above you, you're not you
1: getting much, much further. Much more, really. No, yeah, exactly.
0: And Boxer Beat was actually the, uh, the biggest, highest-charting song you heard this week. Oh. So while their second single, Just Got Lucky, sold over 250,000 copies, gaining international recognition, it also broke the US top 40 when reaching number 36. Wow,
1: you've not spoken about US this week,
0: yeah? No. So these some of these it, none of these were really broken, mm,
1: but They're, then it's weird that these broke into them, yet they've yeah. only got three songs,
0: yeah, and they've done Repertia. it with their, their their less successful song over here
1: yeah As I just
0: said boxer Beat was their biggest song mm. Pingle, but it was um, their second hit that, that made them an international
1: weird how out um,
0: recognition up. and that was in November nineteen eighty three and their third single, Johnny Friendly was a homage to Marlon Brando's film by On the Waterfront and was actually promoted by the boxer Frank Bruno. Oh. The, the single was promoted the, by him.
1: But what's it got to do? I don't get Because that one, I was like, what even is this about?
0: So it's a homage. I mean, I've not watched the film On the Waterfront. Um, Marlon Brando, but um, it
1: was a homage to to, to that. So I guess, band, so. yeah, I guess it's something to do with that. But yeah, like um, the lyrics didn't really give me anything. Yeah,
0: but they did have another single, um, also in so all their hits were nineteen eighty three. Um, and okay. Their last single was Jealous Love, and that charted at number seventy two.
1: <laughs> wow! So how long did they last for? Were they like not that long? Go through the 80s, and then. So all their, they, singles they, um, their debut album,
0: like Gangbusters, reached the top 20. Right. Um, and then after the release of their second album, Skin and Bone, in 1985, they then started writing on their third album, uh, but split up during the making of the album and never finished it.
1: Oh, so there's, like, completely unfinished music yeah. out there for them.
0: Yeah. However... The band oh, reunited on. in twenty twenty oh. thirty five after thirty five years of inactivity. So nothing, not even mm, no not touring, even. no nothing at all. They've suddenly reunited and they've announced a tour that is scheduled for the summer of twenty twenty two. So this year. Wow,
1: how random! Yeah. And have they said yeah. like we're back for this? Or yeah, yeah. no, I don't, maybe they finished, finished that too. album. Um.
0: So yeah, they've got an album that's in that it was in the process. So yeah,
1: interesting. And are they touring in England?
0: I would guess so. Yes, because they're an English group. So yeah. So watch this space. Listen badly. out yeah. for Joe Boxers. Mm. They are supposedly touring in 2022, and I guess it's been delayed because of COVID. So hence yeah, so they announced it in back. 2020, but nothing's been done until now. So mm. so yeah, so. um might be worth looking up and um, seeing what they're doing if you're into Joe Boxers.
1: Definitely watch this space.
0: So, like the alarm, they had two. Well, no, sorry, they had two top ten singles. Oh, okay. Um, and they had one top twenty album. As I said, just yeah. um, uh, sorry, um, like Gangbusters. Mm. As you said, three songs, and as I've already said, all from 1983. Yeah. So you had Boxer Beat at number
1: three. Which is the highest that we listened to. That yeah. was my favourite. Really gets you moving that. And so I watched a video for it. Like I say, they're just having fun. But I accidentally clicked on comments. And there's people that must be like your age commenting on it going, this song still gets me up and moving. I'm in my 40s. Oh, I still love this song. This song brings back so many memories. And I'm like, I feel you. i get you get you up makes you feel good good uh
0: 1983 then just got lucky number
1: seven okay this was nearly my favorite because of how catchy it is but there was something about boxer beat that just overtook it like this one it was catchy but I think the chorus because the chorus was just kind of repeating just got lucky I think that's where boxer beat took over a bit because I like a really even though was, as I say, it's
0: just got lucky that it got them international yeah. recognition.
1: But it wasn't really done for it. anything for them. No, it 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 didn't really help, really help them out, it. did it?
0: No. Um, so saying, as I say, nineteen eighty-three, Johnny Friendly, number thirty-one.
1: Oh, so that dropped right down? Well, that was fast-paced. I have no idea what they're saying in it, which is why I was intrigued as to what it's about because I don't have a clue what they're saying. But you know, it still had that upbeat get you moving kind of thing, but it was just a bit too too fast-paced to know what's going on, really. Okay.
0: And I've just looked at their album, um, Like Gangbusters. Um, it did literally just get into the top 20 of the album charts. It got to number right. 18.
1: That's not bad,
0: though, is it? No, no, no. So that was Joe Boxers, who, as I say, have reformed
1: and... Uh, Watched his space for that. Not at all.
0: So, yes. Yeah, so, moving on, then. Yeah. The Lotus Eaters
1: i will say it their name i, I still don't get it i Do did look it up that. actually it's after Does a it tribe same?
0: that were called the lotus eaters
1: but why I
0: suppose they were they friends with
1: this <laughs> like
0: no they they, they, they lived on, a, on, a, on an island that um only had lotus trees so they ate so they ate them Lotus trees, leaves, so did, whatever. So,
1: did this band go and visit? Well, like,
0: they just named themselves after it. They just the only reason I know is because cool. I put in to find to look into them. I put in Lotus Eaters, and instead of getting the band, I got about <laughs> the Lotus
1: Eaters people. Right. How yeah. weird. Yes. Yeah, well, that, that says a lot about the band, doesn't it? If that's coming up before these. Yeah. <laughs> well um, i only had one real hit well yeah so, i was gonna um, say i've only yeah. listened to one i did listen to two more songs though like i do when you've only given me one just to give myself a feel um so the like i don't know their genre again i feel like they're some classical thing they've got a nice piano sound in their songs it's very calm it's the, yeah it is a, it's i not, mean it's
0: the first picture of you i mean i i love it and it is very much like I love Marf and the Muffins Echo, Echo Beach. Beach, yeah. It's you know that sort got of got a nice feeling to it, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you there, um, but yeah, they've just got like the nice piano sound, like the nice vo- like vocals to go with it. So I went a bit classical. Nothing stands out from them in the video. They're just they're just young lads. Um, and the other two songs that I listened to was German Girl which was a nice piano sound but the voice didn't match that sound because it was deep and I was like no you needed a more calmer song calmer like vocals that you did in the first picture of you whether it's the same vocalist I don't know but if it was they changed her voice a bit and then I watched It Hurts And that sounded a bit electronic. So I'm intrigued to see if they've got a bit of electronic in their genre. Um, Had a long intro, but I really like the chorus of it. So, yeah. Okay, so
0: the Lotus Eaters were Peter Coyle vocals. Right. Jeremy or Jem Kelly on guitar. Jed Quinn on keyboards. Phil Lucking on bass. And Alan Wills on drums.
1: Oh, so there was like... There was like different sounds in there. Like, I didn't hear no. all those sounds mixed together because it was so calm. Mm. It's weird that you've got all of those instruments and you can do that with it. Because usually when you've got those instruments, it's in your ears, isn't it? So formed in 1981.
0: Right. Um, so, I mean, as you can see, most of these groups, I think all of them uh, were formed 81, 82, and Big Country, The Alarm and Lotus Eaters were formed in 1981. Um, they're from Liverpool, England, so like all those mm. Liverpool bands we've already had, um, and they are a new wave power
1: power pop punk rock band. What? Punk rock? I would not have said that at all. Like power pop, yeah, you know, like the power, yeah, I'd I take that. New wave goes everywhere. I think every band this week has been new wave. But punk rock? Mm. I don't disagree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Unless any of their other songs, obviously I've only listened to three. So well, as a whole, they did, they, well, I mean their
0: biggest hit and the only one they're really known for is the first picture of you. So,
1: see. Mm. Yeah. so, so there's not yeah. yeah, there's not much to go off is there.
0: No, so they were formed in 1981. Um, as I say, the band. Uh, so it, they were, the, What happened was the band were invited to record a John Peel sessions.
1: Was John Peel that guy that um, on Radio One that banned?
0: Yeah, that put that uh, Um, he pioneered new bands.
1: Yeah, but didn't he ban a song by? No, no, no. That was right. Okay. Oh yeah, John Peel had like his own independent chart, didn't he?
0: No, that was, funny enough, that's Mike readers. as well. No, no, sorry. In, well, the independent chart was done. It was its own thing, but separate, John
1: Pill had, like, John a radio. John he, Pill
0: he pioneered new bands. Right, okay. So up-and-coming bands who didn't have record labels at the time. Yeah. And he, he helped a lot of them get record labels and become become commercial or bigger than they were. Right,
1: okay. So he
0: he invited them on to, his, to record on his show.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So the, a number of new songs were then written. Which was recorded in October 82 and included the first picture of you.
1: Oh, okay, so, so that was like one of they the first.
0: Just on this, you know, obviously it had been very raw back then, it wouldn't have been in, had a recording studio or something. Yeah. But that led to um, a record deal with Arista Records and the releasing of the single. The First Picture of You in 1983, which gave them a UK hit single before they had even played a live gig, which is very unusual. Usually you get your fan base by playing yeah you know, pubs and clubs and then you release it is, people then buy and it you. and then you, you know but they they didn't they didn't do that they went down the went route. a bit back lucky got invited onto John Peel got mm. heard by a record label because of one then... of their demos they liked they then recorded that released it all in the time before they'd even been out and and raised their profile that is which, might luck, why. They fail, which might be why they failed. Which might because because they've done it the wrong way round. They never had a fan base, and unfortunately, their best single was their first single. It was the one that done them it. So, then, But hmm. I, I suppose you know if you still got to write the music, whether you're successful or not. Exactly. So, you know, if they couldn't write another hit, then. Like, you know, as we found out, there's a lot of songs that we don't like but for their fan base will still go out and buy but if you haven't got the fan base to even go out and buy you other then you're not getting up there you're you're
1: not gonna no you need um, that fan base to have that they are a base for a reason you need them to have that foundation to build you up so yeah if you've done it the wrong way but then we know you know the music industry is hard anyway so you don't know what would have happened if they did but it does sound like they did it backwards
0: so they then released their debut studio album in 1984, No Sense of Sin, on Sylvan Records, a subsidiary of Arista. Right. Um, so the Arista didn't even put their their album out on their own label; they put it on one of their other. That's
1: a bit of a kick in labels. the teeth, isn't it? Like, so Jesus. Yeah.
0: Um, two other singles were released. You don't need someone new and out on your own. I don't know if you listen to I No,
1: the only two that I listen to were German go and It Hurts. Uh I just, you know, when I say the popular, I just listen to the next two.
0: Well, neither of those had um, chart success with You Don't Need Someone New reaching number 53 Mm -hmm. and Out On Your Own even struggled to make the top 100.
1: Wow, really? So, yeah. God, so, yeah, they did not have a – so they are basically a one-hit wonder then.
0: Literally. So not long after that, the keyboardist Jed Quinn left. So Coyle and Kelly recruited former Cure bassist Ooh. Michael Dempsey right. um, and Stephen Emma of the Associates, uh, who to be the key, who he was the keyboardist in the Associates. So he was like he replaced Jed keyboard Quinn who had left as yeah. the keyboard, but they also brought in a bass player. Right. Um, which is probably why you're saying you, saw a, you, you felt there was a, an electrical thing because they've now gone with a, Obviously, with having a bass now, they've yeah. gone with a, I suppose, someone who's, who'd done it before with the Associates coming in yeah. on keyboards. And um, they also recruited a drummer in Steve Crease. However, the new lineup gained little success with It Hurts. Oh, okay. It's their best charting at 87. Oh right, okay. So that was the best they done. Well, I didn't mind that one. I really
1: up. like the chorus of that one.
0: So, although it hurts, did get to number five in Italy.
1: Oh well, they go, they go, move to Italy. They like
0: you there. Yeah. That's However, the disbanded.
1: Oh, they didn't. So they didn't they try their luck in Italy. So in
0: Italy, they must be. There's a lot of Italy. Italy they're like, oh so yeah, like, Oh yeah. I'll,
1: come uh, on.
0: What do you mean they disbanded? What?
1: I was just getting into them. Yeah.
0: They so how long did they last uh literally till what what am i saying oh, 81 I to I, mean, do, 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 do. I haven't wrote down when he actually quit because their, oh. their songs didn't actually because they didn't last anywhere over here mm. so i don't know what year that all happened but what um, year they did they actually disband well, yeah could as i say um They'd already, in a sense, disbanded over here. Not disbanded, Mm. but because they hadn't done anything. 85? Although,
1: are you sure they've not got back together?
0: Well, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure. I know I've seen them on Rewind. Mm. And um, I think they had a, a, a song. Yes, I think they had a song in the heritage chart. Oh, you've said about that before. Yeah, and I'm... That's pretty sure the chart with the in that old... Yeah, Mike Reed, the one who banned... Yeah, I guess, well, yeah. So, yeah, so years active, 1981 till 1985. So that's obviously when um, It Hurts was, was released, and mm. that's when they disbanded. And then they got 2002 till present. Now, as I say, I know I've seen them at Rewrite...
1: Right, so, so they've, they've obviously got that together in for some, that, yeah. or at
0: least Peter Coyle was who's the, the lead singer, definitely mm. was, was there. What the rest of the band is, right? So, know. whether he's just kind of um, doing it on his own, and as I said, I am pretty sure I saw them in the heritage chart, right? Okay, last like, must have been last year.
1: And would that yeah. be new stuff if it's in the heritage? Yes,
0: chart? it nine times out of ten, it's new stuff or re released material of of yeah yeah it wasn't released before or they've remixed it something that's yeah so yeah
1: it's new in some form or another so yeah um,
0: there you go but um as far as actual singles released um nothing so their last single was so it hurts 1985 as i said got to 87 although as i say got to number five in um, italy and in 2001 stay free which was only released from what i can work out in japan on vinyl oh so yes okay okay so um they only had one song for you Mm -hmm. 1983's the first picture of you and it got to number 15
1: okay not bad it's very calming, but I've said that about all their music. They're just calm. It's, you know, they've got a nice voice. They've got a nice, it's a nice mellow mix of, Oh, well, I thought they had a piano in there, but they didn't, but they just know how to play the music, uh, play the instruments right to get a really nice bit of music out of it. Okay,
0: moving on. Orange juice. Mm, another odd
1: name. Uh, yeah, another odd name and I feel like they're a bit odd as well like just I've got four songs from them and just no two songs sound the same so it's like I don't know it's a bit wishy-washy of where they're up to um they're very colorful they you know they've had a go with editing in their videos but in their what present video there is literally someone this is what I mean by they're a bit odd there's someone walking, but they've got a duvet random and a pillow. Like It's like it's on a board and they're like sleepwalking. Oh, it was very weird. I was like, what? And it was just like random clips. Oh, but, oh I don't know. It was weird. And I was like, okay, a bit of it. it yeah, it was a bit of an odd video. Um, I've gone for a bit of synth pop. And for some reason I was like, oh, a bit of acapella, because it just sounds like they use their body a little bit. Like it sounds like clicking off the tongue in some of the sound of the music in the background, like clicking of fingers, clapping. So, yeah, unless that's a programmed sound on the synth part, okay. like on a synthesizer. But yeah, I've gone for some sort of synth.
0: Okay. And um, where are you going from there? Where they form?
1: They will be somewhere in England. Based on the videos, it looked like an English setting.
0: Do you know what I mean? We have spoken about them before.
1: No, we have not. Yes, we have. Surely not.
0: I think it was in Aztec Camera when we spoke about Aztec Camera.
1: Oh, yeah, you did mention this last week. Orange Juice. I don't remember, though. And I feel like I'd remember the name Orange Juice. So, yeah. So, Orange Juice were Edwin
0: Collins on vocals, Alan Duncan on bass, Steve Daly on drums, and James Kirk on guitar. Duncan, however, left in 1978. Oh. Uh, following, a- a local, following a local gig supporting Johnny and the self-abusers, who are later to be known as Simple Minds, um, with David McClemont being brought in as the new bassist.
1: I don't recognise the names, so...
0: They were formed waiting. in Beersden, Scotland, in 1979.
1: Okay. So the earliest formed we've had this
0: week. Scottish. Which actually, just reading that, so if um, Duncan left in 1978...
1: Mm. What were they before then? Because if they formed um, in 79, maybe they had a change of name? That could be the case.
0: Hmm. I haven't written anything down, so I'm not sure on that one. It's a bit of a, mm. bit of a weird one, unless I've written the dates wrong or someone else has got things uh, wrong. Who, who knows? <laughs> so they were a new wave post punk band, but also known, they were seen as the pioneers of jangle pop. Jangle pop? Yes,
1: which is like a pop rock. Well, why don't they just say that?
0: Well, don't know. They like to be different and said jangle pop pop
1: pop pop that is yes. a new one.
0: So um, an early gig at Edinburgh was recorded by a Malcolm Ross of Joseph K and one track written by Kirk called Felicity was then pressed and distributed with a or was to be distributed with a planned fanzine which was called, and this is now the second coincidence of tonight.
1: Okay, go on.
0: Because the fanzine was going to be called Strawberry Switchblade. Stop!
1: That's so weird!
0: Yeah, and the name was later adapted, or adopted, sorry, for a band... By a friend of Alan Horn, the manager of Orange Juice. So
1: Switchblade
0: was what? Switchblade so, was made. So they 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 had they done an early gig in, in Edinburgh, Orange mm. Juice did, yeah. which got recorded by another musician from Joseph K.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: that was then pressed. It was called Felicity. That was pressed. Yeah. A sort of like an advertising, you know, free with a This fan. is us. Yeah, they yeah. Do to get themselves noticed. Mm-hmm. The fan sign was to be called Strawberry Switchblade. Right. And then with this fan sign, you'd have got this free mini disc or flexi disc, whatever they called it back then, um, of the, the song Felicity. Yeah. However, it obviously didn't happen or whatever. But what I'm saying is trying to say is the name Strawberry Switchblade, which was to be called that, that fan sign ended up being adopted by someone of the Orange Juice's manager's friends group.
1: And that's where then we're going on to next.
0: Yeah. Right. But how because <gasps> again, so I bizarre. didn't know that before. And, and yet put you've put the these two. Group. So I put the, play, the alarm and big country so together, big- not knowing that they were linked by the alarm's um, vocalist going, but, actually, yeah. singing and singing for country. both, yeah. And um, Strawberry Switchblade got their name from a fan sign that Orange Juice were going to produce.
1: That's so weird,
0: very. When I was writing it, I was like, Wow,
1: am I, am I uh, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: so yeah, mad. So, Alan Horn, the manager of Orange Juice, uh, of Postcard Records, sorry, which um, he started with Collins. Which was just to release music by orange juice, so he wasn 't the manager of orange juice; mm. he was the manager of the record label that which, which was purely for that which was that they 'd done for them rather so they they were as independent as you could be because they made their own record label to to get their music out um, the fans I never did appear, however, copies of Felicity, the Flexi disc were given away with the Ten Commandments fanzine, which was run by Robert Hodgson's of the Bluebells. So they were doing a similar thing.
1: Yeah, with you. So helping okay. each other so out. So the
0: Bluebells were another group. Yeah. They obviously were doing exactly the same. Maybe that was something you did back then. You put out your own fanzine, gave away free music, hoping you yeah. could build up a record, a fan base for later mm. on. So, yeah.
1: So how are they? I'm waiting to hear how they're connected First Tech camera. I've i you in,
0: in the Aztec Camera. It's just Aztec Camera looked at Orange Juice as um, they that's what it, who inspired them. Oh, even yes. though we've already spoke about Aztec Camera, it's because Orange Juice took so long to get a hit. A hit, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Right, because I'm with they you. They were mainly on
0: the independent.
1: They were more okay. the independent than commercial. Okay, yeah. that's why I don't remember fully because these are a small band. I wouldn't have recognised yeah. them with you. Yep.
0: So Orange Juice was seen by many to embody the sound of young Scotland. And postcard records would eventually champion both Orange Juice and Joseph Kay, which
1: was obviously oh, the who they were guy. originally
0: in this gig first with. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, Aztec Camera.
1: Right,
0: yeah. So that's your link is the postcard records, who were, which was formed through Edwin Collins of Orange Juice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so Malcolm Ross would go on to play guitar for all three bands. Oh god, he's a busy so guy. He was the one who videoed, he was the one who recorded whatever the, the, the first um Felicity single. Mm. And he would then go on to play guitar for Orange Juice and Aztec Camera. So that's mm. your link as well. Malcolm right.
1: Ross. It's weird that someone's done the same played for all of them, like yeah. the guy that now sings for the yeah, Alarm of yeah. Big Country as yeah.
0: well. So, I uh, mind you, you, you get musicians moving about. Yeah, was, I was going to say we've had... Jure, I suppose. Yeah, and, uh, but I mean... Egan, there's been a, a sense... few
1: that have moved around. Yeah, moving around, but I mean more in the sense that they're linked to them at the same time. Like, oh, not no, just... no, the
0: others have disbanded before we moved on. So Joseph oh, Kay disbanded, he went on to right. Orange Juice... Orange Juice disbanded, he went on, he went to, on to Aztec Camera.
1: Right, okay, I you. I thought he done what this guy in The Alarm's done no, and he's no, no, doing no. it like at the right. same time, kind of. No, right, no, I no. it. Um, So Orange Juice actually
0: influenced The Smiths, Bluebells, and Haircut 100. Oh. As well as, obviously, plenty of other Scottish bands like Aztec Camera. But I guess when you've um, come
1: from a small place where not many people get out. People, yeah. They're going to be the ones, oh, they're from my hometown, look up to, kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Um, the band disbanded in January 1985, following mm. a gig for the UK minor strike. Ed Collins went on to have a solo career, right. and he had success with A Girl Like You in 1995, getting to
1: number four. Oh, so does that mean that he's done better than Dee's did? Yeah, in a, in a sense, yes. Wow.
0: Yeah. So they had one top 10 single and they had one top 30 album.
1: Top 30. Yeah. It's not up there with the albums, is it?
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. So I didn't give you it, but I will tell you where it comes. So 1982, Felicity, which was the single that obviously was to start it all. Yeah. They did actually release it, obviously, on their own record um, postcard. It didn't actually do anything. It only got to number 63. That was in 1982. Okay. So, why did so he, then we go into oh, the ones I've given you. Started. So 1982, I Can't Help Myself. That only got to number 42.
1: Oh, that was my
0: favourite. I like the
1: deep voice. In. There's a deep voice in it. It's repetitive. Yeah,
0: Richard is Collins. He's known for that, yes.
1: Ah, okay, well, I like You need to that. listen
0: to his actual single. You might like it. What's um, was it called a again? Girl girl like a Girl Like You. Like you it was uh, as i say number 4 it was done really well
1: okay well i like that voice that's what really got me with that one and it was catchy you know it was it was down my street
0: okay um then we had
1: 1983 rip it up number 8 oh okay well that had a bit of change in sound i did like it it was a close second um but yeah, just I think the change in sound just took something away. There was something missing that had a nice chorus.
0: Okay, then we had 1983, Flesh of My Flesh, number 41.
1: It was a bit jazzy. But what on earth is it about? Like, it was an odd, like, flesh of my flesh. I don't know. It was just, when I was when I was first reading the songs, I was like, have I read that right? And then I listened to it. And, I mean, it's not like it's an odd song. But I'm also, like, I really want to know why. Like, I don't know. It's, like, why it's called that.
0: Yeah. It's
1: just a jazzy song, you know.
0: Sure. And then we had what you've already said about the video, 18, 1984, What presents, And that got to number 47.
1: This is on the edge of being good. There's just too many noises. Like I said, um I feel like they've experimented with some sort of synthesizer. There's too many noises. Like they press too many buttons. If that's the case, or they play too many instruments. But however this happened, there's just a bit too much going on. Yeah. So as you can
0: see from there, a bit like the alarm. If I hadn't given you songs outside, mm. you wouldn't have. Had, you'd have only had to "Rip It Up" because the Which, other. Voice, to be fair, I did 42, like number forty-one. Mm number 47
1: yeah but to be fair i did like rip it up so it's not bad uh, but my favorite was i can't help myself so yeah i'm glad you gave it
0: okay so moving on to what we've already touched <laughs> on the fanzine strawberry switchblade
1: yeah i only had one. Could oh, just, sorry just
0: just quickly Ooh. the album for orange juice i've just looked up although it's you know it got into the top 30s actually wasn't far off top 20 it's number 21 oh well, that's wasn't not bad, bad, is it? No, no, not at all. Okay, so Strawberry Switchblade.
1: Yeah, only had one. Couldn't think of a genre for them, but I think it's harder when there's only one. I've got nothing to really think about apart from that song. Um, I weren't expecting it to be women, but I think it's because I've had like an all-male week, like not even like a mixed band or whatever. They have heavy makeup and bold clothing. They match their clothes you know they're memorable you you remember watching them because they're just you know they've got the big hair they put things in their hair they uh, like the video for since yesterday is in black and white but they ever play with color like they changed the earrings to different colors so they've edited it but I feel like if it weren't in black and white I feel like their outfits would be popping with color um, and I feel like that, that would be really memorable. They just look like they're 80s. And I'm just wondering, they look quite two alike. Are they sisters?
0: No, they're not, no. So Strawberry okay. Switchblade are Jill Bryson and Rose McDowell. Okay. Um, they were formed in 1981 in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, it's Scottish they are a new breed. wave pop duo. Although, in their early years, they did have two other friends in the group. Janice Godlett on bass and Carol McGowan on drums.
1: I was going to ask about that because, because I only had the one song. I listened to three other songs. So, Trees and Flowers, the first one I listened to, there was four people like on their album cover because I just yeah. did it on Spotify. And I was like... Oh, and because it was small, I couldn't really see. It was like, that. Is that just like a print? And they've done some jazzy thing and made them on there twice? Or was there actually four? But now you said. So, yeah, Truth and Flowers, I listened as an early one. And that makes sense now because it was a different sound. Like, it was louder music. It was calm, which is quite similar to the others that I listened to. But it was louder in the music sense, but it makes sense if they had the extra instruments and that's been taken away. Yeah. Just while I'm on it, I also listened to Go Away and Deep Water, which sound very similar, like they all have a similar vibe to them. Yeah, I didn't have, but it's a calm, like you can tell it's poppy, but I didn't yeah. know about the genre really. But now you said that, it's like, yeah,
0: of course. So they were known for their flamboyant clothing with mm. bows and polka dots, just as much as for their
1: music, which is really mm. huge. but like I said, they're so memorable in their sense, yeah. yeah.
0: So Strawberry Switchblade happened as Bryson and McDowell socialised as friends in Glasgow, or Glaswegian pubs, um, catching many local bands. One of these bands were Orange Juice, and they became friends with the band and later were given the name Strawberry Switchblade by James Kirk from Orange Juice after a fan sign that never happened. So there we go. Okay. Although that is a bit of a... So, in the Orange Juice, where I, when I reviewed, when I looked up, it said a friend of the manager gave them the, mm. the name. However, on the, when I look up Strawberry Switchblade, it's actually saying James Kirk, the guitarist of Orange Juice, gave them
1: the Oh, that. okay. There's
0: a bit of where did the name actually come from? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously come from Orange Juice. By it's the, definitely come from them. It didn't, didn't happen. But, but it's who gave them the name. Strawberry Switchblade say it was the guitarist. Owens Juice, or their manager, the record manager, seems to think it was from a friend no. of his. So okay. we, we, it's, you know, one of those things. They can fire awesome. it out themselves. <laughs> so they played their first gig in Scotland, and John Pill then invited them to do a session on his Radio 1, in which James Kirk would actually play bass for them. Oh, so, um, yeah, so he actually joined Strawberry Switchblade as a just a basis for this demo session that they yeah. did. Um, and then they got their friends, as I say, Janice Godley and Carol McGowan to join on bass and drums, uh, which then completed the lineup. Mm-hmm. And then following the pill sessions, they were heard by Bill Drummond of KLF and David Balfe of Teardrop Explodes. Who then signed them to their publishing label, Zoo Music.
1: Okay. So there's some crossings over with these then, but they just, yeah. there's more people so helping Brouf, them out then.
0: Yeah. So Ralph would about. actually eventually become their manager. Right. And their first single, Trees and Flowers, which you've obviously already said about, mm-hmm. was released in July 1983. And it was it released through 92 happy customers. An independent label, which was actually run by Will Sargent from Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh,
1: wow, there is a lot of crossover. Well, not crossover. So a of, There's a lot a of lot people
0: of, being mentioned. You need episode. to know people in the once you know mm. people in the business, you can see how things happen. It's
1: not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. So by
0: 1985, their commercial success had waned following an electro pop cover of Dolly Parton's Jolene. Oh. that reached number 53 another two singles were released ecstasy apple of my eye and i can Feel," and they were both released in japan where their popularity yeah. was was much bigger and remained
1: okay so they made it over there more than they made it over here
0: yeah yeah
1: right.
0: so it's a bit like um who was the other one who i said about in italy um, um Joe Box- Joe, no lotus eaters Lotus eaters, yes. The partnership of Bryson and McDowell was fractured, and by early 1996, they completely disbanded.
1: Okay, but they lasted through the decade, then.
0: No, sorry. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but so so by 1996, it seems like a long time. So they hadn't actually really done anything. But mm. 1996, they eventually did disband.
1: But you're saying they didn't really do anything. If they'd made it in Japan, maybe they just well Based yeah yeah and, and they have had i mean I,
0: I have looked and they have had um no they've only, they've only actually had one album as well shawby switchblade or at least as far as chart goes and that got to number 25 so one top 10 single one top 30 album for shawby switchblade so that Julius was tall. 1984's since yesterday and actually got to number five.
1: Oh, really yeah that's not bad at all is it they were they had a high pitched sound. I said all their music sounds calm. They were fast in this one. it was very fast paced but yeah, it was it was it was all right for only one, but like I said, I listen to others and it was all that's
0: that's, um, that's the end of this week The review for this week. Yeah so now it's just a matter of seeing whether you like them or not, whether you would listen to them again, whether I've influenced you enough with music that you hadn't heard before, from the 80s Mm. so we'll Ah. start with big country
1: they were a hit you'll be happy to hear definitely as much as i think i wouldn't really go back and listen to the more rocky ones but the more i listened to them the more i was like actually i can i can get down with this you know they're not it's not in your face rock is it so yeah but they're ones that were a bit less rockified they really hit with me, so I couldn't not okay. listen to them again fine right. alarm um they're, they're a miss alarm. they're a miss yeah, just just a bit too much rock going on there, um just a bit too much noise, really, in general, uh-huh. I don't know okay, Joe boxers a hit, I really enjoyed them, yeah, uh-huh. um, like I say, they' got me up and moving. they were like really up my street. It was a nice change, especially after the alarm. I weren't expecting it to then be like that from listening to Big Country and The Alarm and then getting on to them. It was like, oh, okay, great, fabulous. So, wow. yeah, I really enjoyed them.
0: Look them up. You can go and watch, listen to them <laughs> and then in their, in their uh, new tour. Uh, the Lotus Eaters.
1: They are a hit for uh-huh. certain moods. So I like the songs. I feel like I would listen to them again. But like I say, they're a chill they're chilled out. But I liked them yeah. enough that they will come up h- again, um, rather than just being a hit and never looking at them again. I did yeah. like the music. Um, it just probably wouldn't be listened to for me as much as Joe Boxers, for example. But yeah. they are a hit. I like them. Okay. Orange Juice. Miss. they um, were just a bit everywhere and a bit odd.
0: Okay. And Strawberry Switchblade.
1: Miss. I did like the sound of them, but just I don't think they're not my type of music to go back to, you know, like if I ever play, like, you know, if I when I play my playlist again, if they Mm -hmm. came on, I might not skip that song, but, and like I have listened to others um, and they just all sound the same. So it's not like there's anything else out there that will, that have caught me to get into a bit more because they're just, they all sound Mm -hmm. the same with their songs. Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll take half three half. out of the six. Then they're, they're groups that you certainly wouldn't hear of in the mainstream. No. They're not groups that appear, even big country, to be honest, appear on 80s compilations that often. Um,
1: no, that's true, because um, they've and not made so it big. big.
0: Um, so, yeah, so um, for you to like three out of the six, I'd mm. uh, take this week as a, as were a success. You,
1: were you expecting? i to ask what you were expecting.
0: I, d- I didn't know, I mean... You know, you never know with the low, with things like The Lotus Eaters because it was only one song, but you've proved me wrong with that, with The Vapours, I'll always go back to. Mm. You liked, so you never know. But, um, yeah, I suppose I I never know with you, but, yeah, Joe, <laughs> I like could see you liking. Yeah. Um, and they had the biggest hit this week, If you, when you think about it, yeah. with a Beat. I kind of hoped you'd like... Um, Big country. The Alarm, I think, could have gone either way. I didn't even think about the rock side of it, so I would have probably, if I'd thought about it more, I'd have probably said no. Mm. Um, And Shoreby Switchblade, yeah, I wasn't totally sure. Again, it's one song, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. So, no, probably better than I was expecting. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure uh, last week you said that you're not expecting much from this week,
0: so definitely take it. So, are you ready for next week's? Well, this week's music to listen, groups to listen to. Yeah. You have Merillion. Okay. You have
1: Kachagugu. Oh, you've mentioned them. I feel like they're, I can't remember how you've mentioned them, but I feel like they, they've come up a few times, But inspired in or. very, very first episode,
0: because when we mentioned the Now tape, the very first Now tape, oh, they, they were are. on it.
1: OK, but you've mentioned them
0: since. Oh, yeah. They've for been other reasons, times, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh Fiction Factory. No. Mm. Reflex. No. And Trans
1: X. Trans X. OK. Yeah, I've only heard a catch a goo goo from your mention in it, so... But like I said before, I quite like when I haven't heard of them because I go in with a more open mind. Yeah. I go in actually finding new, mu- new music to listen to rather than, oh, yeah, I know them. They're, they're more than likely going to be a hit. It Yeah, it, 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 it brings something to my week, I'd say. So. Okay. So that is it. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Okay. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Yes. And... Um... I'll let you listen to, I'll get them singles, the music sent over to you, what to listen to. And we'll discuss next week.
1: Yeah. All right,
0: then. Okay. Well, thank you. And we'll speak next week.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: I'll say goodbye.
1: Bye, Dad.